Demons Discuss, Take 59, The One with a Twisted Sister. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello. Happy day. Yay. Yay. What are we talking about, Jean? Oh, we've got a double dose today. We're going to tackle the anomaly chapter with a letter from the Maharal. And we're going to get back to London and the court of Elizabeth I and all kinds of interesting things going on there. Interesting. It is interesting. interesting. Mm. So here is where I'm going to tell you guys about Patreon. Guess what? We don't have ads, guys. And that's because of our Patreon members. They voluntarily help us pay for our hobby. This podcast! Yay! Woohoo! Angela, give us some reasons on why people should become patrons. Depending on how you pledge, there's a $2 level all the way up to who knows what Valerie will think up next. <laughs> there's, there's different levels of swag and rewards, and there's a quarterly drawing. Um, but that's not all. We also have an after show that we produce, or Valerie produces, um, and it's on our off week. So when you don't hear the public show, you can get our after show. And as you know, it's we always call it the white elephant <laughs> of topics. <laughs> you never know yes. what you're going to get, guys. Yep. Oh, I should tell people about our special offer <gasps> please do we do oh have gosh. a special offer coming on so if you join now it should be going on now i don't know we're time walkers it should be going on now if you join now you will get no matter what level you join at you will get three extra items doesn't matter if you're on the low end the high end whatever we've got a couple of magnets that i'm gonna throw into your package and a button so there's all kinds of ways you can show your patron pride yay yay so that's happening and that's it so if you're interested in joining go to patreon.com slant demons discuss and i'm happy to report we have discussed our emails this time yay yay So who wants to start with their discusser emails? I have one from Kayla P. Yay, Kayla. Yay, Kayla. She says, Dear Fabulous Demons, none of the evil that Knox does does not really surprise me because that just seems to be how he is. Although I don't really understand why he thought it was better, not sure if that's a word, to leave poor Pavel as a vegetable rather than just kill him. I would rather be (laughs) him dead than a vegetable personally. I do wonder if Knox is working for or knows Benjamin by this point. He just may not know him by the last name or know that he's Matthew's son. Mm. When Diana encountered Kit at this point, my first thought was that Kit was trying to be nicer to her because he realized she was not going anywhere. That thought quickly turned into, oh no, this is not good. She is Mm. somewhere with no other people around and he's trying to distract her. This is not going to end well for anyone. Once Diana met Louisa and realized she had blood rage and was high as a kite, I thought she was going to have to think fast and use Philippe's advice a lot. I can't wait to see how this scene looks in the show. Something else I noticed while I was rereading is that when I hear the characters' voices in my head, I'm hearing Matthew as Matthew's Good's voice. It made me laugh when I realized that. I also realized while writing this that it has been a year this week that I was reading Shadow of Night. It boggles my mind. It has been a year. I even remember the the part of the book I was on. It was on the wedding at set tour. Kayla. Oh, Yay. Kayla, yeah. that's great. Who do you have, Jean? 
I have a new discusser, Michelle G. Yay, Michelle! Greetings, demons. My first time emailing. Just caught up with all the podcasts from the beginning. I found you all through being a fan of the show, but have now read the trilogy twice. We'll be starting Times Convert very soon. Love you guys and look forward to listening to you all for a long time. Oh, good. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Now, in regards to season two casting, Galaglass slash Stephen Curry. I am an Outlander book and shell fan. His character on Outlander, Ian Murray, is really, to me, not like Galaglass. In Outlander, he's a one-legged brother-in-law to the male lead in Outlander. While the fact that he is on Outlander will probably bring some Outlander fans over to watch Eight Out, I think he will pull off Galaglass wonderfully. I attached some pics from interest just for fun. Talk to you soon, Michelle. <laughs> I love that. Here's some eye candy. <laughs> Um, I'll put links to those in the show notes. My discusser email is from our darling Wendy. Wendy! Yay! OG Wendy. OG Wendy, yep. She says, good morning, Lady Demons. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. And look at me getting an email back to you almost on time. Well, Wendy, (laughs) let me tell you, we're recording on Saturday, not Friday. So, hey, you wound up on time. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Magic. Yay! (laughs) I'm going to break this one into a few topics and feel free to read or dump as much or as little as you like. She tells us about her listening experience with Cardiff and Oxford Busted, and she thanks us for the shout out, and she's glad we enjoyed the workshop. And she said, having your friendly faces in the first row, the first session was awesome and exactly what I needed to be a bit more comfortable leading a workshop for the first time. So yay, I'm glad we could help you. To the business with this email, Peter in the present day flash. I think this flash shows how many secrets he's keeping from everyone, including his co-conspirators, and how ruthless he can be to get something he wants to ensure that his secrets are kept. He didn't need to kill the librarian. See, that's kind of debatable because he had a massive stroke, so that doesn't necessarily kill yeah, you. I think I think that was worse. Yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have died or maybe he's just sitting there just like drooling on himself. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He chose to do so so no one else could learn what he's up to. Either way, a stroke or death will do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think it foreshadows the lengths we see him take later in Book of Life when he's trying to get his grubby hands on Ashmole 782. True. Very true. Uh, returning to London and Queen Elizabeth one. I love how Deb starts the section, not with info about the travel or settling into the heart and ground, but instead with a queen and getting a shoe thrown at yeah. Matthew's head. I like that too. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, it's like Queen Elizabeth is all of us in that moment. Yeah. God yes. knows we all have to shoe at Matthew at some point in time. Oh God. I think Diana likely wanted to do that more than once. Yeah, mm. us too. Yuppers. I also think that she managed to cram in a boatload of info in the scene. She let us know how Diana was feeling, where Ashmole is, some of Matthew's history with her, and King Henry VIII, and showed that Matthew's protectiveness is still there, just a bit yes. muted. Mm-hmm. So now, Kit and Louisa. Ooh. Here you go. She says, I have some empathy for Kit, but still feel like Louisa is just mean, just for the sake of being mean. Yeah, I think she's born that way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I don't handle mean well. The scene with them at the end where she drinks from Kit makes me pity him. 
Okay. I did she she didn't actually drink from kitten this. Yeah. That's why she, she was did. high as a kite. Oh, that's right. She did. She did. Yeah. She's, okay. She's I was confusing the two his, chapters, right? Yeah. His opium. It makes me pity him that he would lower himself to work with Louisa just so he can be close to Matthew is in some way very, very sad. Yeah. Okay. She says, okay, I'm going to be 15 minutes late submitting this, so I need to wrap this up and send it now. Oh, you made it. Yay. Yay. Of course. Yay. Have a great day, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. And and we're hopping in the Wayback Machine. Happy Thanksgiving. Yay. Yay. So by the time you hear this, it might be our Thanksgiving. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) This would be true. Oh, we might be preparing for our Thanksgiving. I doubt it, though. I wonder what they have. Maybe, Wendy, you can tell us what your typical Thanksgiving feast is, because if this is a Thanksgiving episode for us, we raise our turkey leg deal. (laughs) Yes. Cheers with my turkey leg. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fried turkey leg or baked turkey leg? Yeah. Yep. Or smoked turkey leg. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Myriad Mills. Thank you, Myriad. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Thank you. So when we left off in chapter 32, Diana and Matthew are on the boat headed to England. Matthew had just informed her she's pregnant. And then yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. They're headed to England. Smooch, smooch. Yes. Love, love, love. Yeah. All that. So then we open up chapter 34 and we're still in Prague. <gasps> Jesus yes, we Christ. Are. God, we can't get away from Prague. This is like befuddling on the first read because you're like, another anomaly chapter, although we didn't know it was an anomaly chapter. And we're still in Prague. Only Damn it's it. not, not the old Prague. It's the new Prague. It's in present yeah. day Prague. Yeah. What did you guys, I mean, Angela, you just pretty much told us. What did both of you think of this new scene setting? and we're traveling with Peter and we're in his grubby little head. And then it's like communist Prague, not so communist Prague. And then you've got the li- another librarian. Yeah. Only this time Peter got his claws into him as opposed to Rima who kind of dodged yeah. the bullet with yeah. Jubert. And yeah. it's, it's stuck in time Prague too. Yeah, it's kind of bookendy. Kind of yes. like the archive was stuck in time. And this guy is like paranoid. <laughs> he thinks the walls yeah. have ears. And <laughs> Well, that that would be communist Prague for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stasi's listening, but then Peter's worse than the Stasi, although that's East German, but you get my drift. Right. Pavel is his trusted informant here. He trusts him enough where he feels like Pavel's not really going to say anything if something disappeared. Um, When he says trusted informant, I just think someone he can either put something over or someone that's just... He can trust him to do the carry out the assignment. Exactly. What do you think his motivation was for being a mole? Is there one or are we just left to guess? Money. Money? I think he was probably getting paid by Peter. And yeah, I, don't, uh, I, would, I would guess that either pounds or dollars probably went a lot further in communist Czechoslovakia mm-hmm. than... Right. And this guy Czechoslovakian seems ultra currency. paranoid and everything. And maybe... He's old school Soviet almost. Yeah. Really. Yes, yes. And I feel like maybe everybody else around him doesn't take him that seriously because he seems extra. Yes, and maybe yes. Yeah. The fact that and he's hiding down in the basement. Yeah. Like the grubby part. It's not in the beautiful, what is it, the Strahoff? Yeah. Yes, Strahoff. Which is like one of those absolutely gorgeous libraries that just kept getting repeatedly posted in the best libraries of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does, <blogs>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that Peter, someone like Peter, Peter Stature supposedly, 
is yes. showing him attention and giving him assignments, maybe he feels like important. People yes. <laughs> so maybe that's his motivation. And since he is acting like a spy, like it's like, oh, I'm on a mission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play the spy music right here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also it brought me back to when we were trying to guess Peter's age. Yes. I was looking yeah. at this and originally I thought Peter was really, really old, but Very. it says here, it says he was just describing after World War II what their methods of traveling was. But there's something else that says somewhere further on that talks about how he actually was first started working for them and he was kind of a prodigy and graduated when he was 16 and right. during World War II. Right. He was actually doing stuff for the congregation. So, I mean, in the book, he's still like 80. 80. Right. Yeah, we figured he was 80 years old or so. Yeah. yeah. It makes me wonder if he's a bright born or was a bright born hmm. sometimes. Hmm. I don't know. But he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry, bygones. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Wait, he is? Oh, no. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's dead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Stick with us, Angela. It's okay. It's oh. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we figured back, we, we did the math and we we're like, he's got to be in his 80s at this point in time, which was 2010 by then. Yeah. Yes. 2010. 2010. Yeah. So we were thinking, it's like, wow. And then we were con contemplating Stephen's age because Stephen was older than Rebecca. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We just got ourselves, uh, this audience, this tells you what kind of spools we got ourselves into. Well, what, kind of, what kind of weight we had for the Book of Life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Since World of All Souls came out, I think it turns out Stephen would have been 80 this year. Yeah. So of similar age, maybe, you know, five yeah. or 10 years off so and how old is rebecca i mean both of them to be interested rebecca in her was, young, it was rebecca was like 10 or 12 years younger yeah because okay. he was 38 i think it worked out that he was 38 when diana was born and rebecca was i think she was in her late 20s 20, like 24 20 26 yeah late to mid 20s maybe yeah mm. my mind has not worked out tv and uh book steven now because now i picture him that young frozen in time 1976 or whenever it was so I, yeah, I, yeah. he's eight and like really Okay, so let's talk about the congregation and its old ways and its new ways. Philippe had modernized it so the vampires would watch after their own and mm -hmm. the witches would watch after their own and the demons would watch after their own. But apparently they went back to the old ways where they just broke things up in the globe. So what did you think about Peter being happy that they went back to the old ways? Well, it looked like anyone in the congregation could research anything, no matter whether it was a vampire matter or demon matter or anything. So, Well, that is if they chose to put it in the archive and make it accessible. Yeah, right. true. <laughs> That's true. That's a big if. But he was yeah. happy to have the biggest thorn out of his side, which is Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Makes me wonder. I mean, on this read, it makes me wonder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's a strange thing. How could Philippe be that big of a thorn in his side if Philippe died in 1945? Just his ways. I mean, he seemed happy oh, that his ways were abandoned. changed. Yes, abandoned. I have the feeling he ran that place and everybody deferred to him versus Peter Knox wanted full control, I'm sure, like mm -hmm. uh -huh. Gerbert. And even in the TV show, it's always in the congregation meetings that it always seems to be the congregation versus the, the 
the Claremont uh, desires. Yes. yes. Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah. So uh, we meet Pavel uh, Skovashka. Skovasha. Skovasa? I think it was Skovaska. Skovaska with a K? Mm-hmm. There's yes, no K a, there. No, there. it was with a K. K sound. Yeah, Skovaska. K sound. Okay. Skovaska. Like Siska. <laughs> he was brown all over, like fox paper, wore a pair of communist era glasses that he refused to replace, though it was unclear whether his reluctance was for historical or sentimental reasons. Usually the two men met in the monastery brewery, but this time Pavel had found something important, girl. Mm-mm. Found something. And he's feeling important. Uh-oh. It's a letter in Hebrew. Oh, my God. So Knox is like, why are you whispering, Pavel? What's up? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the only problem with Skovaska is that he liked to think of himself as a spy hewn from the old Cold War. So there you go. <laughs> As a result, bad enough with no Natasha Fatah. (laughs) As a result, he was a tad paranoid. Mm. (laughs) So he's all like, I took the book apart to get it. Someone hid it underneath the end papers of a copy of Johannes Ruckland's De Arte Kabbalistica. So the Kabbalah, I'm thinking, right? Yes. Is that what that is? The Art of the Kabbalah. Yes. Okay. And he's excited. He's like, you must come. You must come at once. It mentions alchemy, that Englishman who worked for Rudolph. It may be important. Oh, my God. He's looking around. (laughs) 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 So Peter gets there and he's like, dude, is there somewhere more comfortable for us to conduct business? And he's like, the walls have ears and the floors has eyes. I'm like, but there's a great monastery brewery upstairs. I'd rather do that. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Let me get myself a beer before we deal with this nonsense. <laughs> but that weird little add in, is that goulash? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm hungry. Yeah. Right? I am too. Yeah, it's like goulash. I haven't had goulash in a good long while. Oh, wow. So, Knox just wants to get to the, the bottom of this. He's like, and the book. Pavel turns and he's surprised at his tone. He's like, yes, of course, the book too. And he goes, that isn't the on the art of Kabbalah, Knox said when Skavaska returned, growing more irritated with each passing moment. The book was slim and elegant. This monstrosity had to be nearly 800 pages long. When it hit the table, the impact reverberated across the top and down the metal legs. And Pavel's like, not exactly. It's, uh... Got all these words in Latin. De, de Arcanus Catholicae Veritatis, I think. But the, but the Rooklyn yes, isn't it. Um, a cavalier approach to precise bibliographic details is, was one of Knox's Betrin Noirs. Uh, Betrin Noir. What is it? It pisses him off. Okay. Thank Ket-Eve. you. How's that? <laughs> I like that. Uh, how do we pronounce that? De Arcanus Catholicae Veritatis. Veritatis. Thank you. So the title page has inscriptions in Hebrew, Latin, and French. And then Pavel flung open. The, I'm going to call him Pavel because yes. his last name is just killing yeah. me. Yeah. Pavel flung open the covers. And, and since there was nothing to support the spine of the large tome, Knox was not surprised to hear an ominous crack. He looked at Pavel in alarm. Don't worry, the conservationist reassured him. It isn't cataloged. I only discovered it because it was shelved next to our other copy, which is due to go out for rebinding. It probably came here by mistake when our books were returned in 1989. Huh. Yeah, 1989 was when the Spring Revolution, and not not, not the Spring Revolution, but when communism fell, fell yeah. in Czechoslovakia. And I think a lot of the vintage books were returned from Soviet archives. Right. Mm. You 
could once again learn. Yeah. And research. And do shit. <laughs> do cool shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> do cool shit with people who don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that is a demon motto. Yeah. Do cool I shit with people who don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Knox dutifully examined the title page and its inscriptions, and he's reading. Essentially, it says, Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning, he shall devour the prey, and at night, he shall divide the spoil. So he couldn't imagine what these verses had to do with De Arcanus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> I see there back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it goes into the history a little bit. And basically, Pavel's like, perhaps the owner's name was Benjamin. Hmm? And, and yeah. you know, he's feeling all, look at me. I'm doing right. work. I got all this shit. <laughs> We're like, go on. <laughs> So he looks over his shoulder and he passed Knox a file. Knox was happy to see that it was not stamped top secret in red letters. And here's a letter. I do not know Hebrew, but the name is Edwardus Kellius and alchemy, alchemia, or Latin. Oh, very good. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, so basically he could figure out Edward Kelly and alchemy got mentioned. Yep. yep. Knox turned the page. He was dreaming. It had to be. The letter was dated from the second day of Elo 5369, 1 September 1609 on the Christian calendar. It was signed by Yehuda ben Bezalel, a man Bezalel. Most, most new as Rabbi Judah Lowe. So there we go. And he's like, you know Hebrew, yes? And Knox is like, yeah. And then he's like, yes, more strongly. He stared at the letter. It seems that a Jew from Prague met Edward Kelly and was writing to a friend to tell him so. It was true in a way. Long life and peace to you, Benjamin, son of Gabriel, cherished friend, Rabbi Lowe wrote. And I'm going to go ahead and read this letter and we shall opine on it. Okay. Okay, here we go. I received your letter from my birth city with great joy. Poznan is a better place for you than Hungary, where nothing awaits you but misery. Though I am an old man, your letter brought back clearly the strange events that occurred in the spring of 5351, when Edwardus Kellius, student of alchemy and beloved of the emperor, came to me. He raved about a man he had killed and that the emperor's guards would soon arrest him for murder and treason. He foresaw his own death, crying out, I will fall like the angels into hell. He also spoke of this book you seek. And I'm like, hmm. Mm -hmm. It was stolen from Emperor Rudolph. And as you know, Kelly, sometimes called the book of creation and sometimes the book of life, Kelly wept saying that the end of the world was upon us. He kept repeating omens such as it begins with absence and desire. It begins with blood and fear. It begins with the discovery of witches and so forth, as one does and so forth. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite add-ons, by the way. Does. <laughs> yes. That one does. <laughs> yeah. In his madness, Kelly had removed three pages from this book of life, even before it was taken from the emperor. He gave one leaf to me. Kelly would not tell me who he'd given the other books, speaking in riddles about the angel of death and the angel of life. Alas, I do not know the book's present whereabouts. I no longer have a, a leaf from it, having given it to Abraham ben Elijah for safekeeping. He died of the pestilence, and the page may forever be lost. The only one who might be able to shed light on the mystery is your maker. May your interest in healing this broken book extend to healing your broken lineage, so you may find peace with the Father who gave you life and breath. The Lord guard your spirit from your loving friend, Yehuda of the holy city of Prague, son of Bezalel, second of this month, Yulel, 5369. So there we go. Rabbi Lowe was good friends with this guy. Yeah, loving friend. What? <laughs> well, here's the other weird thing. He died just, just after this letter was written. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I mean, uh, just just the fact that they were friendly like this. I think maybe the ra- I think the rabbit rabbi was in some ways naive and in some ways trying to just make things better. Yes, I do think that. And prote- I think he was trying to protect everyone. And he certainly knew a lot about what was going on with creatures because his comment about I'm glad you're out of Hungary and back in Poland because it meant that he was away from the uh, Draculeste. Yeah. Right. Yes. He d- it does strike me as altruistic, but then loving friend seems more than just welfare and concern for people that they actually mm-hmm. were tight. <laughs> Which is weird. I don't know. Maybe Benjamin was a tight fit in that community at the time. Benjamin's a sociopath. He's probably so good at fronting. Putting that good face on for Rabbi. Yeah, putting Rabbi. that good face on it. But because in Chelm, his rep was shit because he was trying to kill all the damn weavers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, yeah. Rabbi Lowe didn't get a chance to see much more than the bit we did yeah. of Benjamin. Yeah, that's true. true. Huh. It just had me scratching my head. I'm like, Rabbi Lowe, is this the same guy that you loving? What? Okay. So Pavel's like, that's all? It's just about a meeting? And Knox is like, in essence. So he, he Knox is thinking about the time, making his calculations in his head. Lowe died in 1609. So soon after this letter was written. Kelly visited him 18 years before that, spring 1591. Hmm, who else was there in spring of 1591? Hmm. So Diana Matthew left Mayday, right? Yep. Yep. Just after that, I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he had the pages, so he had to give them to me. Yeah, because the night they the night they fled was the night he ripped the pages out of the book. Yeah, right? that's when he lost his damn mind in Rudolph's uh, house. Yeah. So, mm. okay. So he dug in his pocket for his phone and he looked at the display with disgust. He's like, "Don't you get signal?" <laughs> <laughs> and Pablo's like, "Eh, we're underground." And he's like shrugging. He's like, "So I was right to tell you about this." Wait, is that ominous though? Don't you get a signal up here? Like, yeah, I kind of see it as ominous now. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoop. You did well, Pavel. I'm taking the letter and the book. They were the only items that Knox had ever removed from the Strahov library. And then Pavel's like, good, I thought it was worth your time. What, with the mention of alchemy? And he's all proud of himself right here. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons, he's like. <laughs> yeah. And here's where we go into what happened next was regrettable. <laughs> it's like This is going to be like the French kiss. So we will all say what we thought happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only not as enjoyable. <laughs> I, I, I just think, you know, after Peter had loosened that clot, like a massive clot in his leg. I mean, it was going to get him anyway. He just right. sped up the process. Yeah. So maybe the guy had two or three more years left to live or more than that, if he was around people and you know, somebody could have gotten to a hospital considering yeah. he stroked out. I think he, I mean, if no one knows you're down there and you stroke out, I think you're not in good yeah. shape. Well, the whole, for sentimental and ethical reasons. It's right. Like, it was oh, laughable. <laughs> sugarcoating it, Peter. It's like, yeah, look at me. I'm technically protecting my moral high ground here because I'm better than vampires. They would have yeah. just killed him. Right. What the hell is that? This is worse. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying his motivations or his actions are justifiable, but I always believe that he thinks they are. Oh, I mean, th- I, oh, oh yeah. yeah. He is so wrapped up in his truth. He's totally on board with his methods. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he can sleep at night knowing, hey, at least I didn't, you know, fucking yeah. leave him to, on his, somebody's his doorstep. His fervor keeps him warm at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
what he does is always justifiable and it's always just better than being a vampire, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm not a vampire. So there. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you stroke out and you're all alone, it's a massive yeah. clot to your brain. You're, yeah. If you don't die immediately, you're going to die a slow death. So yeah. I think that's worth. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, I mean, he could have gone one better and just given him an aortic aneurysm, but well, hell, he, that may have been what it ended up being, to be honest with you. Right. Which is, yeah. pr- which, which can kill you before you hit the ground. So he felt he was being, you know, hey. Kind. Kind. <laughs> yeah, kind. Kind killer. <laughs> Killing him At least kindness. he'll stroke out and not have a heart attack. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, they probably still had that socialist medical system, med- medical system, so they would have put him in a nursing home and fed and watered. You, you don't want... Peter's brand of killing him with kindness. <laughs> no, 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 no. And this is the best part of the whole chapter now that we're coming to. Oh, yeah. So Knox found his way back to his rental car and with the book, and he's got the letter. Once he was far enough away from the library, he pulled over in the side of the road, took out the letter, his hand shaking. He said everything the congregation knew about the mysterious book of origins, Ashmal 782, was based on fragments such as this. Any new discovery dramatically increased the knowledge. And this letter contained more than just a brief description of the book and some veiled hints as to its significance. There were names, dates, and startling revelations that the book Diana Bishop had seen in Oxford was missing three pages. So this just tells me they've been researching this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they don't know anything more than Matthew and Diana at this point. They, right. They just have bits and pieces and clues and whatever. So Knox looked over the letter again. He wanted to know more to squeeze every potentially useful bit of information from it. This time, certain words and phrases stood out to him. Your broken lineage, the father who gave you life and breath, your maker. On first reading, Knox assumed that Lowe was talking about God, as I would. If right. I were to pick this up, I'd be yeah. like, your maker. Make peace with God and blah, blah, blah. That's what a rabbi yeah. would say, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. All right. It sounds like, sounds like a rabbi writing a letter to a congregant. Right. Upon the second read, he came upon a very dif- different conclusion. Knox picked up his phone and punched in a single number. And here we go with Jer Bear, who I don't know why I'm fond of him. <laughs> I love <laughs> Even before Trevor Reed was cast, I always kind of loved Jer Bear because it was just like... Yeah. <laughs> It's because of the fake Gerber that was out there on social media. Just the way he treats Peter like the worm that he is. Yes, yeah. he does. That's yeah. why I like Gerber because it's like Peter. Peter's horror. I mean, yeah, okay. Gerber is all about bald power and everything else, and he's yeah. autocratic. And but and, he's French. It makes him more charming. Yeah. Well, and by the way, in the in the audio, he does have a French accent, a very yeah. strong one, like Isabeau. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, there's that, and then it's just he's funny for me. He's he is funny. funny. He is. And it's not so jarring like when Peter wants what he wants. It it seems like in your face and what Gerber kind of worms his way around it. He's well, like, you get to it. Shabir kind of reminds me of Jeremy Irons' version of the Borgia Pope. Yes. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways, because it's like, I always thought Rodrigo was pretty freaking hilarious, especially in that show. <laughs> but he's a horrible, he's a horrible person, one of the most uncatholic, unchristian ones yes. in a long line of like, yeah. reprehensible popes. He's really bad, but mm. he's also... 
charismatic and charming the way it's played. And I think God help us if we've ever run into the charming people. I know, right? <laughs> but that, that's kind of the way Trevor's playing it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, even though he's like super creepy. Gerber approaches things that he has time on his side, whereas Peter's in a rush. He needs to know now because his time is limited. And Gerber has this nonchalance of a vampire. No yeah. histrionics. I have time on my side. Slow right. down. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. So he answers the phone. He's like, we? And Peter, right away, who is Benjamin? Ben Gabriel, Knox demanded. There was a moment of complete silence. And here we go with the chill the fuck out, dude. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hello, Peter. I'm not going to let you get away without the niceties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Knox comes back. Benjamin shall raven like a wolf. I know Benjamin Ben Gabriel is a vampire. Who is he? And here comes your bear. No one of importance. (laughs) I just see him sipping wine at this point. Just like, what's your rush, dude? Calm down. (laughs) Why should I tell you? Right. And then he goes back. Do you know what happened in Prague in 1591? Knox asks tightly. Just the way he's described here. You just want to smack Knox. Right. I just want to hang out with your bear. Mm -hmm. Because he's the cool one. He's laid back. A great many things. You cannot expect me to rehearse every event for you like a grammar school history teacher. Oh. Yeah, that was kind of a fuck you. Yeah. Knox heard a faint tremble in Gerbert's voice, something that someone who knew the man would catch. Gerbert, the venerable vampire who was never at a loss for words, was nervous. Hmm. Dr. D's assistant, Edward Kelly, was in the city in 1591. He goes, we've been over this before. It's true. The congregation once believed that Ashmole 782 may have been in Dee's library, but I met with Edward Kelly in Prague when those suspicions first surfaced in the spring of 1586. Dr. D had a book full of pictures. It wasn't ours. Since then, we've tracked down every item from Dee's library just to be sure. Elias Ashmole didn't come into possession of the manuscript through Dee or Kelly. Knox you're wrong. Kelly had the book in May 1591. Knox paused and he took it apart. The book Diana Bishop saw in Oxford was missing three pages. And then Gerber's like, what do you know, Peter? And then Knox is like, what do you know, Gerber? Yeah, they only know little bits and pieces. Like us as the reader, we know, yes, Kelly had it. We know that Diana and Matthew took it. We know that yeah. the pages are missing, but they don't, they can't put that all together. Yeah, no, they only have little pieces of, of the puzzle. Peter has some. Gerbera has some, but they can't see the full picture here. And we're starting to see it. So Mm -hmm. it's good. Gerbera reluctantly says, Benjamin Ben Gabriel is Matthew Claremont's son. His son? Gerbera is like, yes, but Benjamin disowned his bloodline. It is not something that a vampire does lightly. For the rest of his family is likely to kill him to protect their secrets. Matthew forbade any de Claremont to take his son's life. And no one has caught a glimpse of Benjamin since the 19th century when he disappeared in Jerusalem. So this makes me want to punch Matthew again. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's what we do best. Why wouldn't you take him out? But, you know, Matthew was all about the torture. He wanted him to live with the life as a vampire. He wanted him to live with it. So, And, of course, he underestimated him. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. But he feels like everyone lives like him. Like, they're going to atone. They're going to feel bad. They're going to live this in this hell, the self-imposed hell, over and over. And then no one does that. It comes from Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. No, Matthew, that's just you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so... 
Knox is just like feeling like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Knox yeah. is like, we're going to have to find him. Because according to this letter, Edward Kelly scattered three pages. He gave one to Rabbi Lowe, who passed it on to someone called Abraham ben Elijah of Kelm. Abraham ben Elijah was once known as a very powerful witch. This is Gerber now. Do you creatures know anything about your own history? And he's, I feel like he's filing his nails right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With a little headset on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Knox comes back. We know not to trust vampires. I've always dismissed that prejudice as histrionics, not history. But now I'm not so sure. Lowell told Benjamin to ask his father for help. I know that the de Claremonts were hiding something. We have to find Benjamin de Claremont and make him tell us what he and his father know about Ashmole 72. See, and that's just Peter's tactic. We have to make him tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he's got so much gravitas that Matthew will just go sure I'll sure. let you know you want right. everything and let me open up the vault you can yeah. have it all what <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's Sherbert he says Benjamin de Claremont is a volatile young man he was afflicted with the same illness that plagued Matthew's sister Louisa the vampires called it blood rage this is Peter thinking to himself and the congregation wondered if the disease was not somehow related to this new illness spoiler alert afflicting <laughs> vampires. The yeah. one that was resulting in so many warm-blooded deaths after failed attempts to make new vampires. He says, if there are really three lost sheets from Ashmo 782, we will find them without his help. It will be better that way. See, I missed that little clue the first time. I mean, I can only put it together now knowing all three books, but them talking about blood rage, the new illness, well, not that it was new, but the one that made it impossible for them to make new vampires. And so right. Peter had said before it was murders or whatever it was. And this mm -hmm. is the first time we're knowing that they don't know Matthew has it. Right. Yeah, but, and Peter, well, Peter was also saying it was, mur they were, you know, playing along with the murder thing and probably because vampires didn't necessarily share that they were thinking along the lines of it's, they were failed sires. Yeah, right. So Gerber's like, I imagine him still with his nail file. I suppose you'll be wanting to time walk to Rudolphine Prague now to look for Edward Kelly. Well, and I know when we were in the wait, we wrung our hands over this too. Like, can Peter time walk or can he time walk? But yeah. I yeah. don't think he can. No, no, I don't either. Yeah. He wouldn't, do, he wouldn't even have been on this call with Gerber had he could. No, he, he would have <laughs> just gone. <laughs> yeah. I God need three the... items. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. It's like, and I just love the eye roll. It's like, witches could be so impulsive. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, that was just so perfect. So here comes Peter. And then I'm like, oh, God, when I read this, I was like, ah, first read. On the contrary, I'm going to Septour. Oh, yes. All I was going is like, oh, this is just not going to end well for anybody. <laughs> not well thought out. And Jermaine's like, still about... not taking him seriously. He's like, he snorted. <laughs> right. Peter, Peter's even more reactionary than Matthew is, if that's yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. And impatient. And he just wants. I mean, general he, dumb idea. He wants what he wants when he wants. It. That's it. That's him. Yeah. Okay. So Gerber snorted. Storming the de Claremont family chateau was an even more ridiculous idea than going back to the past. He goes, tempting though that might be, it isn't wise. Baldwin turns a blind eye only because the rift between him and Matthew. Gerber's thinking to himself that it was Philippe's only strategic failure, so far as Gerber can remember, to hand over the Knights of Lazarus to Matthew, rather than to the elder son, who had always thought he was entitled to the position. This is Gerber's opinion, too. Yeah. So. Well, here's the, here's the other thing I thought was interesting, is that he thinks Baldwin's turning a blind eye. Well, I'm wondering if he knows of the role that Baldwin 
Baldwin played in Rescuing Diana at this point? I'm thinking maybe not. No. Right. I, I don't think he knows. I, I think these people think they know what they know, but yes. they don't know. They yeah. don't know what they, they don't, don't know. know what they don't know. Exactly. <laughs> well, even in uh, earlier discussion group, they would say, well, of course, Philippe gave it to Matthew because he didn't like Baldwin. He didn't trust Baldwin. That's not the reason that Matthew no. got the Knights of Lazarus. Yeah. No, there, no, there's something deeper, and Philippe had the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. nobody Philippe else was did. playing three dimensional chess, and the rest of us were playing checkers. Yeah, yeah, and throwing our freaking pieces like babies because <laughs> we, <didn't, laughs> we didn't even know what the hell was going on. Right. Okay, so he says. Besides, Benjamin no longer considers himself a de Clermont, and the de Clermont certainly don't believe he's one of theirs. The last place we would find him is Septour. And Peter says, for all we know, Matthew de Claremont has one of the misses, missing pages in his possession for centuries. The book is of no use to us, incomplete. Besides, it's time that vampire pays for his sins, and those of his mother and father, too. Peter's determined, man. And he's thinking to himself, together, they were responsible for lots of witches dying. Mm-hmm. So, I get it. I get it, Peter. But calm down. All right. right. And he's also thinking, let the vampires worry about placating Baldwin. So he's kind of picky and choosy how he's going to divvy up the worrying. He's like, okay, yeah. so we should all worry about these things, but you worry about calming your people down. You know, right. it's like he had justice on his side the way he thought. Yeah, diluted. Yep. So Jerry's like thinking to himself, and this is my exposition. I feel like he was like, eh, while he's at it, he might as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I he miss- wants to do me a favor, he may as well, but I really don't want my fingerprints all over this right. bullshit. Exactly. He's like, don't forget the sense of his lover. His voice vicious. I miss my Juliet. That Diana. was a shudder moment on this read because yeah. I'm like, I thought of Gerbert, the TV Gerbert, and the TV Juliet. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's so <laughs> creepy. Diana Bishop owes me a life for the life. So, you know, if you can handle that while you're there, cool. <laughs> yeah. You can take care, of this. take care of that little matter too. I'd re- really be appreciative. Right. <laughs> Thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your professionalism, anticipated professionalism in this matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all Knox needed, man. He's like, I have your support then. And then Knox didn't care one way or another. He'd be leading a raiding party <laughs> yeah. of witches against the Claremont stronghold before the week's end, with or without Gerber's help. So there, it's just kind of an appearance of agreement. Yes. He would have done this anyway. Oh, yeah. And Gerber's like, you do. They are all gathering there, you know, the witches, the vampires. There are even a few demons inside. They're calling themselves the conventicle. Marcus sent a message to the vampires on the congregation uh, demanding that the covenant be repealed. And then Knox says, but that would mean. And then Jerbear's like, the end of our world. All right. Now we're out of Prague. <laughs> yeah, now we are out of Prague. <laughs> All right. Finally. So now we move on to the next chapter. And that moves us to part four, London, the Blackfriars, the last section of this book. So, yay. Yeah, this turns into the sprint. Woo. So we open up chapter 34. <laughs> Matthew's getting a shoe thrown at him. Like, you failed me. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> A red damask shoe sailed through the air. Matthew tilted his head just before it struck. The shoe contain, uh, continued past his ear, knocked a bejeweled armillary? Arm, armillary. What is that? Um, okay. Sphere off the table. 
Thank you. And came to rest on the floor. The interlocking rings of the spheres spun around <laughs> in their fixed orbits in impotent frustration. Like, uh, it's just spinning on the floor. She's just causing a wreck, man. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted Kelly, you fool. Instead, I got the emperor's ambassador who told me of your many indiscretions. When he demanded to see me, it was not yet eight o'clock and the sun had barely risen. She is, so she's cranky, right? Yeah. She has a toothache. She's upset. <laughs> And she sucked on one cheek. Uh, she's got an infected molar because, you know, the girl likes her sweets. And she's like, and where were you creeping back into my presence with no concern of my suffering? <gasps> oh, the nobility. <laughs> this is extra nobility. Yeah. Yeah. So William Cecil is there and he's like, perhaps we should hear Master Royden out before you throw the inkwell. Because <laughs> she's getting ready to throw it. <laughs> Diana interjects here. She's like, we do have news of Kelly. And I'm like, oh, Diana. I know. Why? Why? (laughs) So she says, this is the queen. We did not seek your opinion, Mistress Royden. Like too many women at my court, you are utterly without governance or decorum. If you wish to remain at Greenwich with your husband rather than being sent back to Woodstock where you belong, you would be wise to take Mistress Throckmorton as your model. She does not speak unless directed to do so. Mm. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. So Mistress Throckmorton is also known as Bess, also known as uh, Walter's little little side piece Wifey. here. She's <laughs> not a side piece. She's yeah, a wife who carried around his, was it his were they married? purse? Were they married his... at this point in time? They were about to be married. Yeah, about not very married. soon. Yeah. She mm-hmm. carried around his head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was his head. I thought it was his heart. Oh, might have. You're right. Might have been. Oh. Either way, it was either way. Yeah. <laughs> Diana observes Cupid had managed to ensnare Sir Walter Raleigh because they were sitting there making goo eyes at each other while this was all going on. Just as Matthew promised, the man was utterly besotted. So Matthew says, as you do not require Diana's presence, perhaps you will let my wife go home and let her take her rest as I requested. She has been traveling for some weeks. And the queen comes back. Rest. I have had nothing but sleepless nights since hearing of your adventures in Prague. She will rest when I am through with you. She's still in a snit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her temper was legendary, though. Really? Well, yes. So Deb didn't, Deb's not exaggerating much here. I don't know that I would be much better. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With all True. that pressure and all these fools around me, fuck. Mm-hmm. No, I, none of you can get what I asked for done. Here right. comes Matthew with his old bullshit. And you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Empathy for Queen Elizabeth. This is me right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, well, especially Matthew and Matthew's bullshit. My yeah. God. I mean, we just have a, a false sense of entitlement. She really has entitlement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody has entitlement, it's her. She's it got her. like the paperwork for it too. <laughs> and also, I think we've all had rough weeks at work. So yes, 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 Matthew. All what is this the bullshit? Yeses. <laughs> what is this bullshit you're handing me here? Well, yeah, I was going to say not only this week at work is this week in the real time read is chapter twenty seven and twenty eight with the hey by the way we're married now. Speaking of Matthew's bullshit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like knee deep right now. Listen, Diana took that well. <laughs> it would have been oh, like way what? better than I do. Right. Way yeah. better than I do. 
even rereading it for the 20th time. Uh, so Cecil is trying to calm this lady down. Master Royden will be, would be far more, more difficult to replace than that astronomical toy majesty. And then he held out an embroidered cushion. Perhaps you would <laughs> consider this if you, if you're in need of further ammunition. And then she comes back. Do not think to direct me, Lord Burley. The queen fumed. Then she turned with fury on Matthew. Sebastian St. Clair would not treat my father as thus. He would not have dared to provoke the Tudor lion. Bess blinked at the unfamiliar name. Her golden blink, blink. Yeah, she yeah. Was like, <laughs> blink, blink, moment. like what? Her golden head turned from Walter to the queen like a spring daffodil seeking out the sun. Cecil gently coughed at the young woman's evident confusion. Let us reminisce about your blessed father some other time when we can devote proper attention to his memory. Did you not have questions for Master Royden? He's, he's handling her. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. good. He's, he's probably her. the only one who can. Yeah. And the queen secretary looked at Matthew apologetically. Which devil would you prefer, his expression seemed to say. You are right, William. It is not the nature of lions to dally with mice and other insignificant creatures. The queen's disdain somehow managed to diminish Matthew to the size of a small boy. Once he looked suitably contrite, though the muscle ticking in his jaw made me wonder how sincere his remorse really was, she took a moment to steady herself, her hands remaining in a white-knuckled grip on the chair's arm. She's pissed. Yeah. I wish to know how my shadow bungled matters so badly. Now, why are you fucking up, Matthew? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, the emperor has alchemists aplenty. He does not need mine. And she's got a point, man. He's collecting yep. all kinds of people. Walter's shoulders lowered a fraction. He's like, oh, God, thank God she's not that pissed. She's calmed down now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Edward Kelly cannot be plucked from the emperor's court like a stray weed, no matter how many roses grow there, Matthew said. Rudolph values him too highly. This is like tennis, though, at this point. I'm like, good one, Elizabeth. Good yeah. one, Matthew. Good yeah, one. Nice. <laughs> She's assuming that Kelly has finally made the Philosopher's Stone, and now Rudolph has it. And... Okay. She's pissed. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not fair. I, don't, I want it. And Matthew's like, no, he hasn't succeeded. And that's the heart of the matter. So long as Kelly promises more than he's able to produce, Rudolph will never part with him. The emperor behaves like an inexperienced youth rather than a seasoned monarch, fascinated by what he cannot have. His majesty loves the chase. <laughs> Evident Diana, you know? Yeah, there you <laughs> right. Go. It fills his days and occupies his dreams, Matthew said impassively. The new French ambassador writes me that Kelly has turned copper into gold. And this is the queen. Philippe de Mornay is no more trustworthy than your former ambassador, who I recall attempted to assassinate you. And this is Matthew coming back. Mm -hmm. Like you said, a tennis match. Yeah. This, t this time, though, he has, I mean, he was a calming presence in Elizabeth's early life, too. But this time he has the luxury of history and he knows how the story ends. He's seen that movie. Yes. All the way <laughs> through the end. <laughs> and so the queen says, are you baiting me, Master Royden? And then Matthew says, I would never bait a lion or even a lion's cub. Walter I'm closes his eyes. As if <laughs> Walter's like freaking out. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> I was badly scarred after one such encounter and have no desire to mar my beauty further for fear that you can no longer buy the side of me. Okay, so there was shock silence, broken at last by an unladylike bellow of laughter. Walter's eyes popped open. Walter's like, oh, really? He lived after that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So Elizabeth is like reminiscing. She's like, you got what you deserve sneaking up on a young maid when she was sewing. <laughs> you know, <I> this, <laughs> this is when I thought she's had a serious crush on him. And this is when the did they or didn't they came up in my head again. But this is me. This yeah. is me, audience. There are other people who I think Gene and Angela, you guys don't think he they hooked up. No, no. She no. was too in love with Dudley. Oh, OK. <laughs> See, you guys have history on your side. I like to make up the story that they <laughs> got together and she's been pining yeah, but, this whole time. But I still, I still love the nine-year-old stabbing him with the scissors that we're talking about <laughs> yeah. right here. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I just think it, that from here on out, starting with uh, Philippe de Mornay, that it just shows what a survivor she is, all that she's been through. And she has thought and oh, stayed yeah. alive. Mm. I mean, if you're on that edge to be sewing and and want to stab someone to death because they snuck up on you. Well, as a nine-year-old, as a nine-year-old, it's like she had to worry about her life. (laughs) And you wonder if, as a child, she somehow met Philippe before she got pissed at him. Right. Hmm. I still want to know why he couldn't come to England. Deb, tell us someday, please. (laughs) Serpent's mirror, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Give up the goods. (laughs) So Diana is noticing Elizabeth's tone and how it changed. She shook her head slightly, making sure she wasn't hearing things like, whoa, whoa, whoa like, what, what, what went on here? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, whoa, what went on here, too? <laughs> Matthew says, I shall keep that in my majesty, should I happen upon another young lioness with a sharp pair of shears. And Walter and I, this is Diana, Walter and I were now as confused as Bess. Only Matthew, Elizabeth, and Cecil seemed to understand what was being said and what was not. And Elizabeth says, even then you were my shadow. I'm like, oh, shit. This I is me, pre- everybody. I, I took it as protector, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have, al- you have always been a presence in my life, right. is how I took it. Okay. See, it's, usually it's me making that assumption. I know. That's <laughs> why it's like the shit on the other foot. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Me, I'm like, <laughs> they totally did it. <laughs> I, did, I didn't jump to the sex conclusion for a change. Yeah. <laughs> Only because they introduced the age of nine. I'm like, please. Yeah, you know, I know. That's that, how, be, that would he, be weird. He, he knew her so since birth. Tricky. Yeah. 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 And maybe it. that's just me projecting. Like, please, Matthew, I hope that wasn't the case. <laughs> no. Come on. Ew. <laughs> then again, it didn't happen because I didn't want it to happen. There you go. <laughs> so. It's all, I mean, mileage may vary. However you read this audience, just, you know, take it in. Yes. Yep. Make the story up in your head. This is what novels are for. There you go. Unless it's something that's true fact and black and white says this here, this is what happened. The rest is kind of left to interpretation. Yeah. I, in my it. head, my head's kind of messed up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she blinked, and all of a sudden she was an aging, tired monarch once again. And she's like, leave us. And Bess is like, your majesty? And she's like, I wish to speak to Master Royden privately. I don't suppose he'll permit his loose-tongued wife out of his sight, so she may stay too. Wait for me in the privy chambers, Walter. Take Bess with you. We shall join you presently. But, Bess protested, she looked around nervously. Staying near the queen was her job, and without protocol to guide her, she was at sea. Mm. You shall have to help me instead, Mistress Throckmorton. Cecil took several painful steps away from the queen and aided by his heavy stick. As he passed by Matthew, Cecil gave him a hard look. We will leave Master Royden to see to Her Majesty's welfare. And then the queen waved the grooms out of the room, and then the three of them were alone. And this kind of scared me. I was like, ah, shit, here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth said with a groan, Jesus, my head feels like a rotten apple about to split. Could you have not chosen a more opportune time to cause a diplomatic incident? And then I thought, oh, that shit was all for show. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, now she could be like, all right, here's what's really going down. So Matthew requested to examine her. She goes, you think to provide me care that my surgeon cannot master Royden? The queen with weary hope. I believe I can spare you some pain if God wills it. Even unto his death, my father spoke of you with longing. Elizabeth's hands twitched against the fold of her skirts. He likened you to a tonic whose benefits he had failed to appreciate. How so? He said you can rid him of an evil humor faster than any man he had ever known. Though, like most physic, you could be difficult to swallow. Elizabeth smiled at Matthew's booming laughter. Aw, they're yeah. in a moment. Yeah, they are. Tender yeah. moment. He was great and a terrible man and a fool. And then Matthew said, all men are fools, your majesty. No, let us speak plainly to each other again, as though I were not the Queen of England and you were not aware. Okay, everything on the table. Here we go. And Matthew's like, let me look at your tooth, dude. <laughs> she I, said, I thought this was like a total hygienist moment, though. Let's have a conversation while my hands are in your mouth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> how, how are you doing? How are right. the kids? Yeah. Uh, good. Are you any good yeah. books lately? There's <laughs> one book I read. <laughs> We've all had an experience. You know it. Yes. Why do they want to get chatty with their hands in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> and then they, under- they can understand you and you can barely understand yourself. I know. That's it's right. like a miracle. It's a- language within itself, I guess, that you're Did understanding they have a, that. Is there a class at hygienist school? I've always <laughs> wondered. <laughs> Any discussor who is a de- dental hygienist, please chime in on that. Even yeah. the dentists do that, too. It's like, how do you yeah. doing? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. As he's drilling. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just went to the dentist this week. It was not good. <laughs> oh, mine's next month. Oh, dear. Okay, so once an invitation to share intimacies with me would have been sufficient inducement and you would have not had attached further conditions to my proposal. Elizabeth sighed. I'm losing more than my teeth. Very well, Master Royden. She opened her mouth obediently. She's a really demanding flirt. I know. <laughs> okay, so Diana's like, even though I was a few feet away, I can smell the decay. Nick, come on. Mm. Listerine, girl. What are you old doing? Do- it's like old dog breath. Mm. Matthew took her head in his hands so that he could see the problem more clearly. He says, it's a miracle you have any teeth at all. So apparently, she's not been taking care of her teeth. She turned pink with irritation and struggled to reply. And she's like, ah! <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Sugar, refined sugar, I think, had just basically been introduced oh which is probably the you know and since she partook of the can- so many of the candied violets it's like i think that's when they were first experiences with tooth decay too she's like these are delicious <laughs> and just yeah, need to have, yeah <laughs> exactly like the kid the kids that ate all their halloween candy halloween candy all at once yep yeah. She's like the result of a long-term study. Yes, candy ru- or sugar ruins your teeth. Yes. Yes. She was the first long-term study. Yeah, patient zero. Right. <laughs> Matthew said, you may shout at me when I'm done. By then you will have a good reason to do so, as I will have confiscated your candied violets and sweet wine. That will leave you with nothing more damaging to drink than peppermint water and nothing to suck on but a clove to rub on your gums. They are badly abscessed. Ugh, that would be gross. I don't. Uh, I don't like cloves to begin with. So to have to rub that on my gums, on my uh, rotten teeth, uh, oof. abscesses. Oof. Yeah. Let's not get into it. Oof. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> Moving along. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew drew his finger along her teeth. Several of them wiggled alarmingly. 
and Elizabeth's eyes bulge. He made a sound of displeasure. You may be the Queen of England, Lizzie, but that does not give you a knowledge of physic and surgery. It would have been wiser to heed the surgeon's advice. Now hold still. Diana's trying to regain her composure after hearing my husband called the Queen of England, Lizzie. She's like, whoa. Yeah. Historian (laughs) Diana. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. He really knew her. Not like that. Not like that. Well, (laughs) says you. (laughs) Right. Says me. (laughs) Uh, So Matthew poked his finger against his tooth, rubbed against his tooth, and then it drew a bead of blood. And we all know that the blood Mm -hmm. numbs the skin. So he was helping her out by numbing her skin with some blood, which is, you know, gross in itself, but whatever. It's helping her. He was careful. The queen winced, and then her shoulders lowered in relief. Like, oh, thank God. Like Ambisol. Back then. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, and she's like, thank you. <laughs> and she mumbled around his fingers. Don't thank me yet. There won't be enough comfit or sweet meat for five miles when I'm through. And the pain will return, I'm afraid. Matthew drew his fingers away and the queen felt around her mouth with her tongue. She's like, aye, but it's gone for now. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. And then she goes, I fear there's nothing left but to settle accounts. Sit down and tell me about Prague. So Diana's thinking to herself, after spending weeks at the emperor's court, I knew it was an extraordinary privilege to be invited to sit down in the presence of any ruler. But I was doubly grateful for the chance to do so now. The voyage had been rough on her. And uh, Matthew pulled out one of the chairs for me and I lowered myself into it. I pressed the small of my back into the carving. Could you imagine in those skirts and that? outfit and just being pregnant, you know, the first bit of pregnancy, just like, oh, you feel like shit already. And then standing there and oh, no, I don't even know what. Yeah. No. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Matthew goes to uh, rub her back and the queen notices this and is like, you're in pain too, Mistress Royden. And she was being too nice. And when Rudolph treated a courtier like this, something sinister was usually afoot. Like, "Mm -hmm. yes, your majesty, alas, it's nothing that peppermint water will solve, she said. Nor will it soothe the emperor's ruffled feathers. His ambassador tells me you have stolen one of Rudolph's books. Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Which book, Matthew asked? (laughs) (laughs) How much do they know? (laughs) Rudolph has so many. I don't know. (laughs) I'm so confused. What are you talking about? And then um, Elizabeth goes, we're not playing games, Sebastian. And she's suspected and everything confirmed her suspicions here. You're always playing games, he shot back. In this, you're no different from the emperor or Henry of France. Mistress Throckmorton told me that you and Walter had been exchanging verses about fickleness of power. But I am not one of those vain potentates, fit for nothing, save scorn and ridicule. I was raised by hard schoolmasters, the queen retorted. Those around me, mothers, aunts, stepmothers, uncles, cousins, are gone. I survived. So do not give me the lie and think to get away with it. I ask you again, what of the book? She ain't fucking playing. No. No. Mm-mm. It wasn't that one of Walter's poems, The Lie? Yes. Yep. The Lie. And she had heard about it like, oh, I know these bitches aren't talking about me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Don't even start it. <laughs> You know, when you come upon some shit and you find out people have been talking about you behind your back, you're like, oh, really? Oh, okay. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. And then Diana's like, we don't have it. (laughs) She's ready to give the lie already. We don't have it. It's not well known, but (laughs) Matthew looked at her in shock. 
and said, the book is not in our possession at present. It was doubtlessly already at the heart and crown, safely tucked in, in you know, Matthew's attic with rats and all that shit, you know. <laughs> and then Elizabeth goes, well, well, you surprise me and your husband too, it seems. Diana's like, I am nothing but surprises from Regency. So I'm told. No matter how many times Matthew referred to her as Lizzie or she called him Sebastian, I was careful to address her formally. Like, I'm not going to lose my place. Mm. Mm, This bitch can turn on me in a minute. Mm. So, (laughs) Elizabeth goes, well, the emperor seems to be in the grip of some illusion then. How do you account for it? Like, okay, so the emperor's bitching. So how are we going to make this right with him? Matthew goes, there's nothing more remarkable about that. I fear the madness that has afflicted his family is now touching Rudolph. He's just crazy. (laughs) Whatever. Sweep him under the rug. He's crazy. (laughs) Look over there. (laughs) Well, but then he does give her a tidbit about Matthias taking over, which does come to pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hey, he's a little paranoid. He's worried about shit. He's got too much shit going on. He's a hoarder. Did you know that? All shit. (laughs) All kinds of shit's wrong. And by the way, the philosopher stone is fake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Never going to happen. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Shh. But you know, you pretend it's real, but it's really not. Yeah. (laughs) No wonder the emperor is so eager to keep Kelly. The philosopher's stone will cure him and make the issue of his successor moot. And uh, yeah, he will live on forever without fear. And then Matthew's like, come on, Lizzie, you know better than that. Kelly cannot make the stone. He can't save you or anyone else. Even the queens and emperors must one day die. And she's like, but I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> don't confront me with my mortality. Yeah. Me off. <laughs> <laughs> but that kind of was her attitude. She never wanted to deal with the fact that she yeah. had to determine her succession and didn't want to ever face the fact that she was getting older. That's yeah. true. Well, it's it's like have, I'm having up give up rule of England. She's just now got it how she wants it, and shit's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like anything. It's like I just now got you how I like when the kids move out. You're just now acting right now. I got to give you up to the world. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I don't get to enjoy any of the fruits of my labor. What the fuck is this no. about? <laughs> so she goes, we're friends, Sebastians, but don't forget yourself. Matthew says, when you were seven and asked me if your father planned to kill his new wife, I told you the truth. I was honest with you then, and I will be honest with you now, however much it angers you. Nothing will bring back your youth, Lizzie, or resurrect those you have lost. Nothing? Elizabeth said, I see no lines of gray hairs on you. You look exactly like you did 50 years ago at Hampton Court when I took my shears to you. If you're asking me to use my blood to make you aware, Your Majesty, the answer must be no. Mm. I wonder why she was concerned about her father killing Catherine Howard. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just jumped out at me right now. Why would she care? Hmm. Well, other than the fact that her father killed her mother. I mean, when you're a kid, you ask all kinds of questions, though. Yeah, true. And I, I took it from the reader perspective that it was just Deb's way of demonstrating how long and enduring their relationship has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Matthew goes on, he says, the covenant forbids meddling in human politics, and that certainly includes altering the English succession by placing a creature on the throne. Elizabeth just wants to know, and that would be your answer if Rudolph made this request? She's like, okay, so if Rudolph asked you, would you still say no? It's cool, right? <laughs> You're not going to make anybody into a vampire? <laughs> and Matthew's like, yes, that would lead to chaos and worse. Oh my God, can you imagine Rudolph for eternity? Oh my God! <laughs> oh, onions and red wine, no thank you. <laughs> That's almost worse than the tooth decay. Yeah. Okay, so Matthew assures her, uh, your realm is safe. 
The emperor is behaving like a spoiled child, denied a treat. That's all. Even now, his uncle, Philip of Spain, is building ships. He plans another invasion. And Matthew's just being calm, and it will come to nothing. And <laughs> she's like, you sound so sure. He's like, I am, bitch. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I have the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. And time walking. All right. So Diana observes the lion and the wolf regarded each other across the table. When at last Elizabeth was satisfied, she looked away with a sigh. Very well. You don't have the emperor's book. And I do not have Kelly or the stone. We all must learn to live with disappointment. Still, I must give the emperor's ambassador something to sweeten his mood. And Diana's like, what about this? And she pulled out that awful necklace <laughs> that Rudolph had put on her yeah. neck. Now, imagine if she sends that back. How's Rudolph going to take that? Yeah, well, here's what I love about it. It's, cause she, it's almost like she's digging through her little reticule, like, Jack digging through his pockets. Yeah. yeah. That's the best part. I just happen to have this. You know, no big what deal. What about this? Yeah. She said, that is a bauble for a queen, not a gentleman's wife. Elizabeth reached out to touch the sparkling dragon. What did you give Rudolph that he would bestow this upon you? It is, as Matthew said, your majesty, the emperor covets what he can never have. He thought this might win my affections. It did not. And then perhaps Rudolph cannot bear to have others know that he let something so valuable slip away, Matthew suggested. Do you mean your wife or this jewel? My wife, Matthew said. The jewel might be useful anyway. Perhaps he meant to give the necklace to me? And then Elizabeth's like, hmm, this could work out in my favor. I get the jewel and I say face, right? And it's a perfect cover for her to show that she doesn't have an alliance with her spy, her shadow, because the the necklace itself says that they're against the Declaremonts. Yep. The whole plan is like coming together without them actually saying it's a plan. Yes. (laughs) It's all a wink, wink, nod, nod situation here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Matthew's like, yeah, Diana's German's not so good. So perhaps she misunderstood what he was saying here. (laughs) (laughs) So when Rudolph put it over her shoulders, he might have been doing so only to better imagine how it would look on you. And she's like, oh, I doubt that. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> if the emperor intended to take this necklace for the Queen of England, he would have wished to give it to her with appropriate ceremony. If we give the ambassador the credit he's due, and this is Diana saying, hey, if we show it this way, she goes, there's a pretty solution. It will satisfy no one, of course, and it'll give my courtiers something to cut their teeth on until some new curiosity emerges. And she tapped the table. There's still the better of this book. Matthew's like, would you believe me if I told you it wasn't important? And then Elizabeth's like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, she's like, bitch, please. Yeah. And then uh, Matthew's like, I thought not. What if the opposite, that the future may depend upon it, Matthew asks. And then she goes, that's even more far-fetched. But since I have no desire for Rudolph or any of his kin to hold the future in their grasp, I will leave the matter of returning it to you. Should it ever come into your possession again, of course, you know, not if you happen to see it. Yeah, if it crosses your path again. You know. So Diana's like, thank you, your majesty. And she was relieved that that shit's behind her. And then Elizabeth's like, I didn't do it for you. Come, Sebastian, hang the jewel around my neck and then you can transfer yourself back into Master Royden and we will go down to the presence of the chamber and put on a show of gratitude to amaze them all. And then Matthew did as he was bid and his fingers lingering on the queen's shoulder longer than that was necessary. She patted his hand and she's like, is my wig straight? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Your Majesty. In truth, it was slightly askew after Matthew's (laughs) 
administrations. Elizabeth reached up and gave her wig a tug. Teach your wife how to tell a convincing lie, Master Royden. She will need to be better schooled at in the arts of deceit, or she will not survive for long in court. So basically, she's like, accepting Diana, this whole thing is resolving itself, and I'm relieved. Matthew says the world needs honesty more than it needs another courtier. Diana will remain as she is. Elizabeth's a little freaked out. A husband who values honesty in his own life. This is the best evidence I have seen that the world is coming to an end, as Dr. D foretold. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> When they appeared in the doorway of the privy chamber, a hush fell over the crowd. The room was packed to the rafters, and wary glances <laughs> darted from the queen to a youth the age of an undergraduate I took to be an imperial ambassador to William Cecil and back. Matthew released the queen's hand, which was held aloft on his bent arm. My fire drake's wings beat with alarm inside my ribs. Mm. Do you think that uh, Cora, as we know her now, since the presence of uh, some danger, Lisa? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Is that too yeah. much? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> perhaps. Oops, perhaps. This is the first time I'm noticing this. When yeah, I, read I didn't it notice that at all, even on yeah. the second read, or yeah. today's read. So that's a good uh, observation. So she put her hand on her diaphragm to soothe the beast. Here be the real dragon, she silently warned. I thank the emperor for his gift, your excellency, Elizabeth said, walking straight towards the teenager with her hand extended for him to kiss. The young man stared at her blankly. <laughs> like, whoo, what? Sounds like one of your pilots. Huh? <laughs> they get younger all the time, Matthew murmured as he drew next to him. That's what I say about my students, I whispered back. Who is he? A villain? Slavata. You must have seen his father in Prague. She's wondering and she studied Willem and she tried to imagine what he might have looked like in 20 years. Was his father the round one with the dimpled chin? One of them. You've described most of Rudolph's officials. (laughs) 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 And Elizabeth is like, stop whispering Master Royden. Her Majesty continued rattling in Latin. Uh, Jean, take this over because what? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we we skip ahead to Diana's translation? Yeah, she does have a translation okay okay let's skip ahead it becomes him who gives not to remember the favor but it becomes she who receives not to look upon the gift as much as the soul of the giver she coughed this is diana coughed to hide her chortle once she sorted out the translation your majesty and villain was like uh what (laughs) what is really going on (laughs) and then elizabeth is like gift from the emperor yeah (laughs) the ambassador's like uh, okay. Tell him what I said in his own language, Master Royden. I do not have the patience for Latin lessons. Yeah, like me. <laughs> Does the emperor not educate his servants? Matthew says, His Excellency knows Latin, Your Majesty. Ambassador Slavata attended university at Wittenberg and went on to study law at Basel, if my memory serves. It is not the language that confuses him, but your message. Then let us be clear so that he and his master receive it, and not for my sake. And Elizabeth said darkly, proceed, with a shrug. And Matthew repeated her majesty's message in Latin. Um, Slaughter's like, yeah, I understood what she said, but what does she mean by this? <laughs> and Matthew's like, oh, Pat, Pat, you're confused. <laughs> it's common among new ambassadors. Don't worry about it. Tell the queen that Rudolph is delighted to give her these jewels and we can have dinner. And then Slaughter's like, can you tell her for me? <laughs> He's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Diana observes that he is completely out of his depth. Um, I do hope you have not caused another misunderstanding between Emperor Rudolph and me, Master Royden, Elizabeth said, plainly irritated, that her command of seven languages did not extend to Czech. And then he says, His Excellency reports that the Emperor wishes your Majesty health and happiness, and Ambassador Slavata is delighted that the necklace is where it belongs, and not missing, as the Emperor feared. So there we go. We solved all sorts of problems with that. Yeah. And all these not lies, you know, it's like, well, it yes. is the truth. He does wish you happiness and hell, even though I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so Salat is like, okay, I guess that went well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this went well. So delightful news, Excellency. I think you've had lessons enough for one day. Come dine with me, Cecil said. And here comes Cecil fixing shit again, you know, steering him to a nearby table. The queen upstage now, both her spy and her chief advisor, Harumph, as she climbed in the dais, helped up the three low stairs by Bess and Raleigh. What happens now? The show was over and the room's occupants were displaying signs of restlessness. I wish to talk further, Master Royd and Elizabeth had called out while her cushions were being arranged. Do not go far. So that's what's now, Diana. <laughs> right. Matthew says, Pierre will be in the presence chamber next door. He'll show you to my room where there's a bed and some peace and quiet. You can rest until Her Majesty frees me. It shouldn't take long. She only wants a full report on Kelly. And Matthew brought her hand to his lips and gave a, a formal kiss. Knowing Elizabeth's fondness for her male attendance, it could well take hours. So Diana's going to have to go to the room, but at least there's a bed. Yeah. And I'm happy. Yeah. The reader's happy here at first read. So even though she was braced for the clamor of the presence chamber and knocked me back a step, courtiers were not sufficiently important to warrant dining in the privy chamber, jostled me as they passed, eager to get their own dinner before food was gone. And then her stomach flipped. Uh, venison, the smell of venison. Mm. I don't like the smell of venison. And no, I'm not I don't either. Yeah. Mm-mm. I would never get used to it. And the baby didn't like it either. Pierre and Annie were standing by, by the wall with the other servants. They both looked relieved as she came into view. And Pierre's like, where's my lord? Pulling Diana out of there. Waiting on the queen. I'm too tired to stand up or eat. Can you take me to Matthew's room? And then Pierre cast a worried look at the entrance of the privy chamber. Of course. So did Pierre know what was going on in there before, do you think? Probably. Yeah. Mm. He just didn't know it was going to turn bad. Spoiler alert. Oops. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I know the way, Mr. Schroyden, Annie said. Newly returned from Prague and well into her second visit in the court of Elizabeth, Annie was affecting an attitude of studied nonchalance. So she's been there before. She's like, I know where I'm going. I showed her to my lord's room where you were led away to see Her Majesty Pierre, assured me. It is just downstairs below the apartments once used by the king's wife. And now used by the queen's favorite, I suppose, she said under her breath. No doubt that's where Walter was sleeping or not sleeping. (laughs) 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 Sneaking out of. Yeah. Wait here for Matthew, Pierre. Annie and I can find our way. And then Pierre's like, thank you, madame. I do not like to leave him too long with the queen. And I don't blame you, Pierre. Mm-hmm. They're walking down to their rooms. Diana's complaining. There must be a more direct route. And she's looking down the long flight of stairs and the great hall would be even more crowded. Annie's like, I'm sorry, mistress, but there isn't. Let's face the mob then. And then the great hall was thronged with petitioners for the queen's attention. You know, we're kind of getting all kinds of background here. And she 
she's feeling something. She feels the heavy gaze of humans, a few nudges from the demons, and the tingling glance of a solitary witch when the cold <gasps> stare of a vampire settled on my back. She's like, she turned around in alarm, and she's like, uh... And then Annie's concerned. She's like, mistress. <laughs> Her eyes scanned the crowd, but I wasn't able to locate the source. And then she's like, nothing, Annie. And this just tells me your first instinct, Diana. Always follow it. Just Right. Ugh. Something's wrong here. It's just my imagination playing tricks. And no, it's not. But anyway, Annie's like, you're in need of rest. And she sounded very much like Susanna. Well, (laughs) she's her niece, so she should. Anyway, but no rest awaited her in Matthew's spacious ground floor rooms overlooking the Queen's private gardens. Instead, I found England's premier playwright. I sent Annie to extract Jack from whatever mess he had gotten himself into. And then she turned around to deal with Christopher Marlowe. AKA Kit. And then she says, Hello, Kit. This is always me in my head. Hello, Kit. Like Newman. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Newman. Newman. (laughs) Well, and from here on out, someone has, the narrator has just handed Diana an imaginary shovel that she's going to start using to dig herself (laughs) deeper and deeper. Yeah. Uh, So the demon looked up from Matthew's desk, pages and verses scattered around him. All alone? And he's looking at her crazy. Walter and Henry are dining with the queen. Why are you not with them? Kit looked pale, thin and distracted. He rose and began to gather his papers, glancing anxiously at the door as if he expected someone to walk in and to interrupt us. And she's like, too tired, but there's no need for you to go. Diana! Right. (laughs) stay and wait for Matthew. He will be glad to see you. What are you writing? He's like a poem and he's distracted. There's something obviously wrong with him right here. Mm -hmm. The tapestry on the wall behind him showed a golden haired maiden standing in a tower overlooking the seas. She held up a lantern and peered into the distance. That explains it. You're writing about here on Leander. It was not phrased as a question. Kid had probably been pining for Matthew and working on the epic love poem since we boarded the ship at Gray's End back in January. He didn't respond. Okay, so that was she, dumb. Go ahead. Check. <laughs> okay, yeah. number one, dumb. Super check. dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> With dumb. Sorry. After a few moments, <laughs> <laughs> I recited the relevant lines. Some swore he was a maiden in man's attire, for in his looks were all that men desire. A pleasant, smiling cheek, a speaking eye, a brow for love to banquet, rely. And such as knew he was a man would say, Leander, thou art made for amorous play. Why art thou not in love and loved of all? Okay. Kit, really? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, dude... Get some sleep. Do something. Man. So Kit exploded from his seat. With what witch's mischief is this? You know what I'm doing as soon as I'm to do it. Why would she poke the bear like that? I know. But she... (laughs) (laughs) Freak him the fuck out. Like, oh my God. But I mean... It probably made whatever he was planning worse. Yes. <laughs> you know? And then she says, no mischief, Kit. Who would understand how you feel better than I? And she's trying to relate to him, baby. I don't know. I don't even know why she's trying to relate. You know what, Diana? You're going to soon go back into your own time and not have to worry about this bitch anymore. <laughs> right. Why? <laughs> Yeah, so that's the third check. Okay, first you tell him what he's writing about. Then you quote verbatim what he just wrote. And then you're trying to compare yourself and relate to him. I mean, three strikes, Diana. I mean, she was just 
Oh, it's like, give him more fuel. Can you give him more fuel for his madness at this point in time? No. Maybe she wanted to poke the bear, you know? Maybe since she's feeling more secure in her relationship with Matthew right now, she's maybe rubbing his nose in it a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, not consciously, but maybe just a little part of her is like, oh, I understand how you feel. It's okay. Pat, pat. You know, which is kind of dismissive. To, uh, you know what? She's mirroring Matthew's behavior towards him and thinking she can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And Kit's like, I don't know you like that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and you're going to poke a mercurial, uh, instable, unstable bear as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, ooh, that's like playing with a rabid raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. <sighs> So Kit seemed to gather his control. Though his hands were shaking as he stood, he's like, I must go. I'm going to meet somebody in the tilt yard. There's talk of a special pageant next month before the queen sets off for her summer travels. I've been asked to assist. Every year, Elizabeth progressed around the country with a wagon train of attendants and courtiers, sponging off her nobles and leaving behind <laughs> enormous debts and empty larders. Oh, my God. Yeah, That was, was a nice little say, lesson. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a very succinct lesson because that was true. I mean, getting a visit from the queen on her summer progress could bankrupt you quickly. Wow, shit. And often did with many nobles. Mm. Let me take you on a tour. It's like, oh, Lord, have you not watched every horror movie? ever growing up, Diana? Yeah. If someone wants to take you on a tour, you say, no, thanks. I'm fine. Right. It's a Geico commercial. When you're in a bad horror movie, you make bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. Let's hide behind these freaking chainsaws. And he he comes out, the murderer is like, his eyes are rolling. Yeah. I'm the blonde cheerleader who's going to walk off by herself. (laughs) Yeah. there's that one girl crying. She's like, why can't we get in that car that's already running. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a better idea. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is Diana right now. Do not grab Pierre. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. So Diana says, I'll be sure to let Matthew know you were here. He'll be sorry he missed you. And then Marlo, a bright gleam entered Marlo's eyes. This is when he gets the idea. Perhaps you would like to come with me, Mistress Royden. It's a fine day. And you have not seen Greenwich. So, yeah. Like Jean said, you want a tour? Mm-hmm. No, no, just say no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> and Diana, this is the part that puzzles me. Like I had said before, you're getting ready to leave this period in time and mm-hmm. not have to think about this bitch again. How about no thank you? I'm just going to lay here and chill the fuck out. And as Oprah says, if it's too good to be true, it's too it good to be true. To be true. Right. <laughs> so she goes, thank you, Kit. I was puzzled by his rapid change of mood. He was, after all, a demon, and he was mooning over Matthew. Though I thought I hoped to rest, and Kit's overtures were stilted, I should make an effort in the interest of harmony. Is it far? I'm somewhat tired after the journey. Oh, no. Don't even entertain this, Diana. It's bad! Don't do it! Don't do it! No, Diana, no! Well, and she's thinking like a human, trying to explain away red flags. Yeah! Oh, my God. She did not listen to... Who was that? Gavin... What's his name? Gift of Fear? There's a guy who wrote the book that Oprah... In fact, oh, no. oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gift yeah, of yeah. Fear. Yes. It's like when you've got that bad feeling, listen to it. Yeah. Listen to yeah. it. Yeah. You were born with that for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And Kit's like, not far at all. He bowed. After you. 
Now, fuck that shit. He's not going to be behind me. He's not. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, right. oh. Okay. So the tilt yard at Greenwich resembled a grand track and field stadium with roped off areas, athletes, stands for spectators and scattered equipment. Two sets of barricades stretched down the center of the compacted surface. And then she's like, is that where all the jousting takes place? Diana, you should have just napped, man. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I could imagine the sound of hooves pounding the earth as uh, knights sped towards each other. And she's like thinking like a historian like she's like wow I get to see all this and yeah (laughs) she's getting caught up in her fantasy here (laughs) fucking focus (laughs) so Kit's like yes would you like to take a closer look and the place was deserted lances were stuck in the ground here and there I saw something that looked alarmingly similar to a gibbet which is like a what is that like a gallows Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. With its upright pole and long arm. Rather than a body, however, a bag of sand swung at the end. It had been run through and a sand trickled in, out in a thin stream. A quintain. What's that? Huh. Riders would aim their lances at the sandbag. Okay, thank you, Kit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's that? It's okay. just what he just described. Yeah. The pole with the bag of sand. Is the man you're meeting here? Uh, and then she looked around, but the only person she could see was a tall, dark-haired woman in a lavish red dress. She was far in the distance, no doubt having some romantic assassination before dinner. And then Kit's pointing in the opposite direction. Have you seen the other kitten? And he's like kind of ignoring her. Right. <laughs> Where a mannequin made of straw and rough burlap was tied to a post. This too looked more like a form of execution than a piece of sporting equipment. Yeah. Danger! <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think, you can't stay alive, Diana. I felt a cold focused glance before I can turn around a vampire caught me with arms that had the familiar sense of being more steel than flesh but these arms did not belong to Matthew Uh why she's even more delicious than I hoped a woman said her cold breath snaking around my throat and then Diana's like roses civet and then she registered the scents and then she remembered Septour Louisa de Claremont's room and Kit's like something in her blood is irresistible to where it wears. I don't understand what it is, but even Father Hubbard seems to be in her thrall. He's just whining here. He's like, oh my God. So, while he's whining... (laughs) Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Exactly. (laughs) While he's fucking whining, sharp teeth are like against her neck. She's like, it will be amusing to play with her. Oh my God. Oh, Diana. Why? I told you to stay downstairs. Oh, okay. Anyway, Kit says our plan was to kill her. Oh, shit. That's what yeah. I knew. I was like, yeah. oh my God. He was even twitchier and more restless now that Louisa was here. And this is Diana. She's remaining silent, trying desperately to figure out what's going on. And then Kit's reasoned with himself that once she's dead, everything is going to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Kit has clearly crossed that boundary. How we've always said in our empathy talks, he has crossed the boundary from craze to went there. He's he's gone. He's there's no saving him right now. So Louisa's like, can you smell her fear? It always sharpens my appetite. And Louisa, she's got no fuck. She doesn't care. She gives no no fucks. No. Yeah, kid is becoming unhinged, and Louisa is just malevolent. 
Yes. Oh, and Louisa's dumping kerosene on that fire big time. Yes. So Louisa says, but you're pale, Christopher. Do you need more physic? And then Louisa modified her grasp on Diana so she can reach into her purse. She's like, hey, <laughs> you want some more shit? I got some. By she's, the way. <laughs> so she's his dealer, too. Yeah. And hers as well, because this way she gets to enjoy, too. And let me give you a little cultural lesson, too. To warm bloods in Germany. Uh, yeah. She handed Kit a sticky brown lozenge. He took it from God, her. God, heroin. Yeah. And nice. he took, took it from her eagerly, thrusting the ball into his mouth like, mm-hmm, let's get this right. And then she's like, they are miraculous, aren't they not? The warm bloods in Germany call them stones of immortality. For the ingredients somehow make even pitiful humans feel like they are divine. And they have made you feel strong again. She feels like she's helping Kit. <laughs> she's she's batshit crazy. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> and Kit's like, it's the witch who weakens me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, I gave Kit a break until like she he tried to kill Diana. It's like reading these passages is like, oh, yeah. man, he's such a puppet. It's yeah. just like he is such a hot mess puppet at this point. I, I still can't. He's gone. He's gone at this point. There's no redemption for him right here. He he is so unhinged. He, I don't think he even knows what reality he's operating. Yes, right, right. Yeah. And can you imagine Louisa batshit crazy, homicidal, and she's got access to everything she ever wants? Yeah, and she's feeding him opium to the point where it's like all he had to do is open his mouth and Diana's going like, holy fuck, he's high right. as a kite. Right, right. I'm, I'm not offering an excuse. I'm, I'm offering an explanation. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know yeah. what? This is the guy that goes to the state mental hospital rather than the prison. Yeah. Yes. non mentis. He's also saying, she weakens me just as she weakened your brother. Like, and Louisa, who knows what Louisa's been feeding him as far right. as ideas. Right. And she's demented right now. Louisa is constantly, that's how she stays. She's demented. She was like, oh, my brother. And I think in my mind, in her mental state, she feels like she's helping Matthew and the family. Yeah, she feels like sure. she's doing a good thing here. Yeah, She's like, oh, I'm protecting my family. Well, and who knows when Philippe has requested something like this of her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now think about Matthew's been gone since January. So we don't know when he got in touch with Louisa, but it's already May, almost June. Oh, my God. So it's a lot of time to work on him and probably didn't take yeah. much. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, when she's got unfettered access to drugs, mm-hmm. there's that right there. And it seems like everybody was out. There wasn't anybody really to keep an eye on what Kit was doing because Walter was, you know, first they were shuttling people back and forth. Gallo Glass was gone all that time. Yeah. And who knows what, Han- you know, Hancock was doing. Yeah. And she, it's it seems like the two of these together, they both have poor impulse control. Hello, understatement. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, this combination is terrible. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's Beyond like the bad idea awful. contest, although she's had a lot more practice. Yes. <laughs> so now that Carrie has introduced the fact that Diana has maybe weakened her brother, there's a switch in her head that tells her, oh, my family, my brother, yeah. uh, I, I must stop this. So what mm-hmm. I'm doing is good. Right. right? <laughs> so she goes, is that true, witch? Kit says you have bound my brother against his will. And then Louisa swung her around and Diana is noticing her beautiful face. <laughs> right? Like, you have time for this? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> you're, you're, you're developing a girl crush on the crazy vampire? What is this? <laughs> She's thinking her beautiful face embodied every warm blood's nightmare of a vampire. Porcelain, pale skin, dusky black hair, and dark dark eyes that were were as fogged with opium as kits. Malevolence rolled off her 
And her perfectly bowed red lips were not only sensual, like Diana, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But cruel. This was a creature who would hunt and kill without a hint of remorse. Like, is there really that thin of a line between love, hate, and fear? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Like I said, it's like, now is not the time to be developing a girl crush, Diana. Right. And she's trying to be reasonable here, but you're not dealing with reasonable people. No. So she's like, I did not bind your brother. I chose him and he chose me. And she mentions her name. He chose me, Louisa. And Louisa's like, you know who I am? (laughs) She says, Matthew doesn't keep secrets from me. We're mates, husband and wife, too. Diana, too much information. Stop yeah, right, right here. Right. right. Your father presided over our marriage. Thank you, Philippe. Yeah, let me thinking. just name drop. Yeah. Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Talk about throwing kerosene on the dumpster fire. First off, Louise is high. She don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right. You know, and she's already switching in her head that this witch has bewitched her brother. And her immediate response is going to be, liar! <laughs> it was. Yeah, this is going to be a great scene. Right. And Kit warned, trust nothing that she said. And he he pulls a dagger from his doublet and grabbed her hair. And I'm like, oh, God, he's he's gone. Yeah. And then she cried out in pain as he wrenched her head back. Kit's dagger was like at her eye. Like, oh, this is terrible and terrifying. This is is just gross. I'm going to pluck her eyes out so she can no longer use them for enchantments. Or to see my fate. She knows my death. I'm sure of it. Without her witch's sight, she will have no hold on us. See? He might not have had that idea had she not quoted his poem. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Bad ideas. (laughs) This is like, this should have been the one with bad ideas, not the one with Twisted Sister. (laughs) Although Twisted Sister was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty accurate here. Okay. So Louisa says, the witch does not deserve a swift death. And she's bitter about this. And then (laughs) Kit's pressing the point into her flesh just under the brow bone and a drop of blood is rolling down Diana's face. And he's not fucking around. He's like, that wasn't our agreement, Louisa. To break her spell, I must have her eyes. Then I want her dead and gone. So long as the witch lives, Matthew will not forget her. I just, uh, I don't feel sorry for you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Louisa's like, shh, Christopher, do I not love you? Are we not allies? And Louisa, this is when we're seeing a side of Louisa like, oh, this bitch is cunning. (laughs) She just, oh. Yes. This is as bad as Gerbert and Juliet in the show. Yeah. This section right here. 100%, yes. Or even Gerbert and Satu in the TV version. Yeah. Yeah. So Louisa reached for Kit and kissed him deeply. She moved her mouth along his jaw and down to where the blood pounded his veins. So she kind of saved Diana's life here a little bit. I'm not thanking her yet, though. No, no, don't. Don't Don't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, She moved her mouth along his jaw and down to where the blood pounded in his veins. Her lips brushed against his skin. Then I saw the smear of blood that accompanied her movement. Kit drew a shuddering breath and closed his eyes. Louisa has no fear of drinking out of somebody. Really kinky, too. Yeah. Louisa's got a hold of both of them at the same time and she's like yeah. and Diana's like Kit. what kind of fucking mess did I get myself into right yeah so Louisa's drinking from the demon's neck while she did they stood in a tight knot just like you said all locked together in their vampire strong arms <laughs> and then Diana tried to squirm away but her grip on me only tightened as her teeth battened on Kit like did you think you were really going to get away yeah yeah and then she goes 
Sweet Christopher, when she had drunk her fill licking the wound, the mark on Kit's neck was as silvery and soft, just like the scar on my breast. Louisa must have... her answer. This shit's been going on since January. Louisa must have fed from him before. I can taste the immortality in your blood. See the beautiful words that dance through your thoughts. Matthew is a fool not to want to share them with you. So if any of you were ever wondering if Matthew had drank from Kit, here's your answer. No, he had not. And then Kit's like, he only wants the witch. He touched his neck, imagining that it was Matthew and not his sister who had drunk from his veins. And he's like, I want her dead. And Louise is like, as do I. So we will compete from her. Whoever wins may do with her as she or he will to make her atone for all the wrong she's done to my brother. Do you agree, my darling boy? And then the two of them were high as kites now. <laughs> now that Louisa had shared Kit's opiate-laden blood, I had started to panic. And then read Philippe's instruction at Septor. Think. Finally. Yay, stay alive. She's back. <laughs> Can you play some royal trumpets or something there? Yes, (laughs) I shall. (laughs) And then I remembered the baby and my panic returned. I couldn't endanger a child. You you just now remembering a baby? Really? Oh but, okay, Kit nodded. I will do anything to have Matthew's regard once more. And Louise is like, I thought so. Smiled and kissed him deeply again. Shall we choose our colors? And that's the end. Oh, my God. Ah! Da, da, da. It's going to be the episode break, too, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I Oof. saw Christopher Marlowe's quote, um, make me immortal with a kiss, I always thought of Matthew. But now it just totally reminds me of Louisa. Oh, yes. God. This was quite the double feature. Yes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> This was packed with so much... And I remember when we planned this, it's like, oh, it's just the library letter and this chapter with the queen. It's no big deal. But I forgot about this portion as we were discussing before this. Yes. Yes. It's like, oh, my God, we've got Louisa and Kit, too. Shit. So I'm glad, audience, if you're still with us. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you're still here. And I had just bitched about it last episode. Our episodes were getting long. Well, this is why. This this book is serious. And. We'd be remiss if we Meaty skipped over it. And awesome. And yeah. Yeah. So anything else with these two chapters before we close it out, everybody? No, I don't. No. All right. Going once, going twice. Sold. Okay. On to housekeeping. This housekeeping is brought to you by Cynthia Polk. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. Hey, Cynthia. Housekeeping. Who wants to start with the housekeeping? I will. Okay. Hey, demons. I'm right there with you on the lack of vellum savvy upon the first read. Clueless describes me to a T. Thanks for making me feel less ignorant. As they departed Prague, did I miss something or do they seem to travel on which wind from Prague to the North Sea? That's a hell of a trip, especially via horse. Love, Gail and Winston-Salem. Thank you, Gail. Thank, Thank you, Gail. Gail. I'm glad we can all be ignorant together <laughs> because God knows <laughs> a lot of things about this book made me feel ignorant. You know what? We've never been... The people that have claimed to know everything about this book. We still learn things as we read these books. So let's share in our ignorance, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Or come out of the ignorance together. Or come out of ignorance together. So when we, I hope that makes a lot of people feel better when you're like, I didn't know what that meant. Did you know what that meant? I didn't know what that meant. Chances are I didn't either. Yeah. 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 So, and you have to remember when we first opened these books, it was what, 2011, 2012, and then 2014. 
Halloween for the We've third had eight one. years to figure out some of the stuff, so. And we're still figuring some stuff out. So if yeah. you guys have any questions, you don't want to feel embarrassed or anything like that, just come to us. Ask us the questions. And matter of fact, I think I got an email and I might tack it on to this housekeeping. I'll find it later. Somebody asked a question. Hey, I missed this part. And then I wrote them back. Yeah. Here's your answer. And they're like, oh, God, I feel like an idiot that I missed that. I'm like, we all miss things. Yeah, oh, we yeah. all miss them. So. 100%. Or we find it, them or forget them, too. I, yeah, yeah, I found that, too. Like, yes. oh, wait a minute. I'm, yeah. Oh, and if anyone ever it. wants to rename, remain anonymous, you can as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so who's next with the housekeeping? I'm, I'm going to revisit Kayla's email. Uh, there's a paragraph that I save her right now. Uh, she says, since life has been crazy a bit lately, I haven't been able to write in as much as I wanted to. So there's a few things that I wanted to add about past episodes. I love the defenestration of Edward Kelly. We did too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty fun. When Diana first met Benjamin, I thought, hmm, are you a side character or not? No, you are not. Ooh. There is something very wrong with you. I thought the creep factor was very high with him. He is one sick puppy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, Kayla. Yes, Kayla, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have something else there, Angela? I do. Oh, what Yay! is that? Don't get so excited. You don't know what it is yet. Okay. Oh, yes, you do. It's a five-star <laughs> review from Apple Podcasts. It is the best of all the All Souls podcasts from It Crowd Rules from the United States. Thank you. Thank you so much. I live another day. Yay. Here she says, hello, demons. I just finished listening to your entire backlog of episodes, and I'm so sad that I can't just select the next one. Before (laughs) seeing your... Before seeing your posts in the All Souls discussion group, I'd never listened to a podcast. I decided to search for some and found a few. I listened to the first episode or two of all of them, but I decided to continue with yours. Now that I'm out of the new episodes, I have tried to go back to the others. They're okay, but at least one I had to quit completely because they were doing chapter discussions but weren't getting references to other parts of the book correct and it seemed as if they hadn't done research or a refresher on the material. All that said, it makes me appreciate the work you all put into every episode. I love learning more about historical references because there are so many that I didn't even know were historical. Additionally, I've always been embarrassed to share what I'm passionate about, but the way you intelligent women speak, I have more confidence to be open about my passion for the all souls world. And if someone wants to tease me about it for my love, I can just go, Fitzio! Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome! That is really cool. Thank really you cool. so much. That is such yeah. an awesome thing. <laughs> well, Angela's alive. That I should am. keep yes. her good for another month. So. Yes. I'm sustained. <laughs> keep writing those reviews and we will read them, please. I have several things for our housekeeping. So the first thing is this. It's a voicemail from Dr. Shelley. Ready? <laughs> Hello, my lovely demons. Since the three of you together summoned me on an internationally popular podcast, this is Shelley calling in with my impressions of the casting of Gala Glass. Like everyone else, I trust in Deb. I trust in letting uh, the Mr. Steven uh, demonstrate his acting chops. But to the base question, Yes, based in the worst possible way. He is sufficiently eye candy for me. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Great approach. Yeah. I love it. Yes. yes. Yeah. We always worry about the base stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great approach, too. <laughs> it is. It is. 
Okay, so the next thing I have is from Zoe. She says, Hi, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. It's the 1st of October, and as I write this, it really feels like autumn fall. I just finished listening to Take 57 and thought I would share my thoughts about casting. As you asked so nicely. Firstly, I'd like to say I am thrilled with all the cast announcements. As we know from season one, they will be even better than they look. In Deb, we trust. Oh, very good, Zoe. Very good. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Secondly, oh my God, James Purefoy. <laughs> right here. Like Gene, he was my absolute dream casting from maybe my second read. I was coming from his performance in Rome, which I absolutely love. Then after seeing Lindsay Duncan, who was also fabulous in Rome as Isabeau, it kind of felt right. But well, it was never going to happen. Or was it? Or was it? I still cannot believe it. I know. Magic really is desire made real. Yes. Anyway, that's all from me for now. Enough of the president, or enough of the president. Enough of the president got to time walk back to the take 26 to continue my mega podcast catch up. Take care, ladies. Your demon in training, Zoe. Thank, Thank you, you, Zoe. Zoe. You know what? I feel robbed now because I didn't read with any character or any actor in mind when I read Philippe. And now I feel robbed that I didn't picture James Purefoy, but now I'm going to. Really? Yeah, it works. It really works. (laughs) It really works. Yes, I can imagine. Okay, so that one email from Jess and hi, Jess. Hey, Jess. And she says, hiya, just started listening to the podcast, finished the books after the show got me interested. Simple question. I can't seem to find it anywhere. Why does Diana go by Bishop and not Proctor? Sorry if you talked about it and I missed. Thanks for the help. I'll be listening through the next few years of adventures. And I'm like, oh, my my God, you have a lot of listening to do. So so I wrote her back and I said, hi, Jessica, Jessica, here's the answer. And uh, I pulled a quote from from Discovery Witches. Nobody remembers all the uh, Bridget Bishop's many names anymore. She was married three times, Sarah continued. All anyone remembers is the name she bore when she was found guilty of witchcraft and executed. Since that time, the women of the family have preserved the Bishop name, regardless of marriage or who their father was. So she came back and she's like, oh man, I feel stupid for missing this or something like that. And I was like, we all miss stuff. I asked her for permission to read it on the show and she's like, yes. And I said, we all miss stuff. Reading it on the show will just help others that may Mm -hmm. have missed this detail. You'd be amazed at the stuff that we miss on our first read. Do not feel bad. Thanks for writing in. That's true. I I could go back and read a Discovery of Witches and catch something that I missed the first read. Yes. And I've read that book so many times. I've listened to it so many times. I've broken it down. I've analyzed it. We've had years with this book. Do not feel bad if you don't remember. You don't remember the reference. You don't Ask somebody. Ask somebody in this fandom. Join the discussion group. People are not shy to ask in there. Ask someone there. Or you can write us just like Jess did. Ask us. We'll find the answer for you. For real. Yeah, and that's it for housekeeping. Anybody have anything else? No, nope. I don't Not right now. We're good. That means it's time for Save It for the Show. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and speaking of Zoe, this one is sponsored by Zoe Gibson. Yay! Yay! Thank you, Zoe. Thanks, Zoe. Save It for the Show. 
Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. All right. This episode, save it for the show. The topic is the All Souls real-time read. Go. Anybody. Hey. The All Souls, I mean, fall is real-time read, mostly because A Discovery of Witches takes part in 40 days, and the book really lends itself to being read in what we call real-time. Mm-hmm. The, the chapters split up into days very nicely, mm-hmm. and it's pretty compact, so you're not, you don't have have long lags, yeah, which makes right. it a really fun and kind of different experience, which is why this fandom has really taken to doing this every fall. That and the fact everybody loves seems to love A Discovery of Witches Best because it's the most romantic of the three books. But yeah, let's go back to the history of the real time read. Um, yes. It's been ever since I've been a member of this fandom, which is 2012. Yes. Um, Deb usually starts it in September. Last year, I think the TV show was going on, so it didn't happen. That was happen. the first year. Yeah, that's why we didn't do it last year. Right. Formal. It didn't do a formal one. Right. So Deb does this on her Facebook page, and they also do it in the All Souls discussion group. And I'm sure many other groups do a version of this, but the real-time read is a big thing for the All Souls family, and especially a discovery witches because it's compacted in 40 days and it just breaks down into chapters like Jean said so nicely so you know day one you'd maybe me reading one or two chapters I don't I don't remember how it breaks down I haven't participated I reread it all the time just because of this podcast and you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. it's I I'm not the ideal person but a lot of people choose their rereads based on the real-time read they yeah. start with yeah. a discovery witches and then go on from there which came first remember Debbie used to do that really this this is before we knew a lot of her inspiration mm-hmm. or um, I don't remember. Uh, anyways, her inspiration for some of the characters or their song lists. What came first, the real time read or her, remember her on this day post on her regular author page? And then we'd find out something really cool like the Baldwin song right. or a song that was on mm-hmm. a Matthew's playlist or we found out LaPierre uh, was an inspiration. Or, right. Or- oh, God. They, I think they might have been concurrent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I did not enter I used to conduct reads, but they weren't real time. And no. I feel like in the group, we kind of took upon ourselves to do the real time read. And then she did it on this day in the on mm-hmm. the author page. Yep. And then they kind of like melded together. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't remember that far back. This is I know. sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was asking you guys. I thought I know my memory's bad, but maybe they'll remember. <laughs> That's just sad. Um, but I do know she announces it all the time. There is a companion book that you can download for free for the real-time read, and it is made specifically for the real-time read. Um, I'll leave a link for that in the show notes, so you can download it for free. It's available on Amazon, I think iBooks. It's available on Barnes & Nobles. Um, Headline Books has a version available to people in the UK and all the areas, uh, all the countries and areas Headline Books covers. So I'll put, actually, both links in the show notes so you guys have access to it. I think... Uh, all Souls Discussion Group is doing, they're going from a discovery, which is straight into Shadow of Night. Now, Shadow of Night is a little more stretched out. Mm-hmm. The plan is to handle that a little bit differently since you've got like a three-month intermission there. It I is, can tell you that much. It, we're, it, Renee is still working on finalizing stuff. Right. And 
I don't know what made me think of this for Save It For The Show. Oh, right. Because I was working on the banner. Yes. (laughs) I was working on the banner last night. And uh, the next thing I know, it's three in the morning. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm going to be late recording, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started with Photoshop. Anyway, yeah, that's what I have for real-time read. Um, Yeah, what's the best place if you're, let's say you're not a member of the group, what's the best place to catch on to the real-time read? Does she do anything on Twitter or anything? Does anybody have this? Sure, they're doing stuff every day on the author page. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. On it's her new. Facebook page or her? it's kind of, yeah, on her Facebook page or author page. It's kind of like uh, the meld of on this day and the real time read because right. she'll give you the passage from the real time read and then give you maybe a little bit of tidbit right. uh, background. Okay. So I'll put a link to the author page on the show notes too. So you guys can join in. It's really fun. I'm told I don't necessarily participate in like I said I'm tend to be immersed in these books all the time so sometimes I need a break right <laughs> um yeah that's it wow really mm-hmm. yeah that's it <laughs> what do you want it to be <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> we're okay. easy demons today uh, yeah, yeah we are <laughs> okay <laughs> we're not riled up we're all, we're, we're content demons today right yeah. okay so stick with us guys and after this break we'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of start thinking of your last thoughts holy crap this is gonna be a long episode but people yeah. are gonna have to forgive us bygones <laughs> This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela Jean, do you have any last thoughts? Um, I'm looking forward to our celebratory chapter or episode 60. Yes! <gasps> because That's next. it's all about Angela, my favorite guy. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. right. We are going to take a little chapter break next episode. And take 60, like we said, on the tens is always a character study. Mm-hmm. It's a don't hate, but appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a lot of appreciation. And I am the one to take the blame for this because I suggested it. So I yes. figured... Rip the band off. Me. <laughs> it was not true. me this time. I'm yeah. not taking the blame for this. Rip the band-aid off. Get it out of the way. Let's talk about Baldwin. So the next episode will be Take 60, and we will be talking all about Baldwin. You can tell.
well, we need a little bit of chapter break after that shit. Cool. Jesus, I know. I, I need a, I, I'm not ready to go right back to more Louisa. And, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, right. That's, That's true. crazy. Need a palate cleanser. Thank Ooh. you. Mm-hmm. Angela, what do you have for last thoughts? Just thinking, looking forward, not forward, but forward thinking to this last quarter of the year and how busy we're still going to be, even though we typically kind of take a little bit of a hiatus over the holidays. Up until then, we're going to be busy little demons getting an Etsy shop up and running, yes. um, looking, re-examining our Redbubble store, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a giveaway or two or three happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's lots of in store in the next couple months only. Halloween's coming, guys. I didn't yeah. even think of it. We just, like, we're in the middle of a major giveaway right now. We have a minor giveaway with our emoji contest. And we should start thinking about the Halloween thing. We can do that for, you know, on the after show. We can, you know, yeah. our patrons mm-hmm. can listen to us decide what we're going to give away for <laughs> <Halloween>. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm at a loss for words. Support your All Souls artists. Uh Plan on coming to All Souls Con, of course. I haven't plugged them in a while. AllSoulsCon.org. Check them out. Go look at old All Souls Cons. You can, I can say that now. We have several behind our belts right now since 2015. Uh, we have, what, four behind us now? Fair disclosure, though. It's October 12th, and we don't know the date or time or the date or place yet. So that's yeah. still pending. Um, that's still pending. So you, you, didn't, you didn't miss anything is what I'm saying. Yeah, other than the United States. It will yes. be in the United States, and all signs point to North eastern United States. So there's that. Also, this is going to be a long episode. So if you want to break it in a couple of you know, spots. We don't mind. I'm not going to put in an emoji contest at the end of this one. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't expect everybody to stick with everything. <laughs> <laughs> we got quite a few entries of the other one. Yeah, did we? Oh, yeah, cool. We did. Maybe we'll call it next next episode or our next chapter episode. How's that? Yes. Good. Okay. And that's all I have. Anybody else? Anything? No. No? no. Okay. Let's say goodbye. Okay. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Mwah. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time, guys. With Bob. Baldwin. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs>